going to start a new series for the month of October that we're calling The Dark Side. And we're going to hit this in the spirit because it's October and the devil tries to say it's his month. Come on. He don't get a month. Amen. Amen. He don't get a month. He, he's not like the African-Americans get Black History Month. And it ain't it ain't like, uh, you know, you know what? It's Hispanic Heritage Month, October. He trying to take our month. OK, you, you, you can't have our month. OK, so Satan doesn't get a month. Amen. He doesn't even get a night. OK, he don't get Halloween. That's why we're out there doing trunk or treat, because, you know, I grew up around churches where everybody was afraid of the devil. They tell you, stay at home. It's Halloween. The witches are out. Let them be out. Amen. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. Okay, the Bible says a curse without a cause shall not stand. You better know your Bible or you start believing the fairy tales that Satan's got power over you. Okay, now I do travel and I've been to countries where witchcraft is very real. The power of the enemy is very real. But the Bible still says greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. So I'm not saying that the power of Satan is not real. It's very real. Okay, you go to other countries, you go into Africa, you go into South America and even the Philippines. You can you'll sense some evil. Okay, we sense some evil in Jamaica, but it cannot overtake us when we're walking in the light. So I want to hit this this month because uh, so many people think that, you know, Halloween, this is the devil's month. It is not the devil's month. Don't say that. He don't get a night. He don't get a minute as long as there's some believers alive. Amen. Amen. So we want to talk a little bit about the dark side today, because I believe people are so uh, 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 misinformed. I believe people are so deceived that we think the devil is one thing and we ignore him in our lives. So we want to we see things like, oh, Satanism, that's the devil. Oh, witchcraft, that's the devil. Look at these uh, oh, these musicians and what they're doing. Six, six, six. That's the devil. And we and, and, and all the while Satan is doing this sleight of hand trick. He's saying, look over here, look over here. And then he hits you with a right on this side. Amen. He does that rope a dope thing that Ali used to do. You remember all he, you know, here it comes. He's winding this up. Boom. Hits you right there. Satan does that kind of things. So he's got Christians so worried about one aspect of darkness that we don't even see the darkness in our own lives. We don't see the darkness in your marriage. We don't see the darkness in the church. Yeah, I said the church. We don't see the darkness in your own walk with God because we're afraid. We're sitting here, uh, you know, trying to dodge bullets from things that are way over here that are the ghouls and the ooh, this and that. But listen, Satan's involved in some daily operation things. And I want to expose that things, those things so that we can leave the dark side out of our lives. Amen. Amen. So we can come on to the light side. Amen. Amen. I'm not talking about your skin either. Come on. Amen. I'm talking about the dark and light. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about the dark side and the Christ side. Amen. Let's say it like the, the Christ side. If you're ice cube, you would say Christ side. <laughs> okay. Isaiah 14. All right. Let's start here. And then we're going to jump right in. Isaiah 14 talks about the fall of Satan or Lucifer at the time. Before he was called Satan, he was called Lucifer, which means son of the morning. Let's read this. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into, excuse me, I will ascend into heaven. 
I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, and I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. Keep going. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol to the lowest depths of the pit. Those who see you will gaze at you and consider you saying, is this the man who made the earth tremble, who shook kingdoms? In other words, is this the guy we're all afraid of? He's going to be exposed. Verse 17. Who made the world as a wilderness and destroyed its cities, who did not open the house of his prisoners. Keep going. Oh, let's stop right there. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we just thank you right now, Lord, that we have power over the enemy. Lord, I thank you that there's not a demon in hell that can combat the blood of Jesus. I thank you there's not a spirit of addiction. There's not a spirit of fear. There's no generational curse that can withstand the blood and the power of the blood of Jesus. Father, we just thank you right now. We open up our ears and our hearts and our minds to receive truth and word from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. So what we read about here is the origin of the dark side, where it came from. And according to Isaiah, he tells us an account of where Lucifer, before, before Satan fell, he was named Lucifer. And he was named son of the morning. He was a beautiful creature. He, was, he had a role in the kingdom of God. The Bible said he was a cherub who, who stood over the throne of God. And, and uh, I want to show you something in Ezekiel 28, uh, verse 12 through 19. Go ahead and go there. Ezekiel 28, uh, 12 through 19 tells another story about Satan here. And he starts out talking about the king of Tyre. And then he goes into talking about Satan. And most Bible scholars believe that this story is about Satan because of the things it speaks about. So it says this son of man, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre and say to him, thus says the Lord God, you were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Here we go. Every precious stone was your covering. The sardius, the topaz, the diamond, the barrel, the onyx, and the jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. Keep going. Is that it right there? Okay. Stay with it. You were the anointed cherub who covers... I established you and you were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. And by the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within and you sinned. Keep going. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God and I destroyed you. O covering cherub from the midst of the fiery stones. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. And I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that they might gaze at you. And I believe that the kings that he's talking about there are you and I. Amen. Amen. Because we are kings, not Sacramento kings. We're real kings. All right. Keep going there. Uh, next verse there. Uh, you defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities, by the iniquity of your trading, using your gift for self, that means. Therefore, I brought fire from your midst. It devoured you and it turned you to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all who saw you. All who knew you 
among the peoples were astonished at you. You have become a horror and you shall be no more forever. So what is this talking about? This is talking about Satan. This is talking about Lucifer. So let me point a picture, uh, paint a picture for you today. So what is happening is in the throne of God before creation, Lucifer was a covering cherub of the throne of God. And the Bible describes him to be one of the most beautiful creatures, if not the most beautiful creature that God had created, clothed with all the jewels, the diamonds, all the beautiful things. It also says that out of him also came pipes and timbrels, which many Bible scholars believe that when he walked, he made music. He was literally the praise and worship leader of heaven. And every time he moved, he made sounds of music. You see, it was Satan's job. Music comes from him. It came from his body. Okay, it came. That's why music is a powerful force today. And if most of the music that was out there is influenced by a Luciferian spirit. Okay, but music is not bad because the purpose of music from the beginning was to praise and worship the Lord. But it came from his body. uh, Many Bible scholars believe the pipes and the timbrels. He was a very beautiful creature. Uh, he, He held a precious seat in the house of God, said he was the covering cherub. He sat in the presence of God every day until something happened. And this is where darkness begins to come into the earth. And uh, Luke 10, 17 uh, talks about the end of what happens here to Satan. And this is Jesus teaching here. And then the 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject in your name. And Jesus says, and he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. But behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this for the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice that the names are written in heaven. So Satan is in this role. He's serving God. He's on the right path, but then something happens. And this is what I want uh, to draw from as we talk about the dark side, because each one of us faces the same decision that Satan made. Okay. It's never be surprised by what happens in somebody's life. You know, Christians were so surprised sometimes. Oh, he was doing so well. But then this happened. Listen, I say this all the time. Greater men than I have fallen. Okay, which means this. We are all susceptible if we open up our lives to the dark side. If we do not. We stay under the wing of the Lord. We stay in his word. We stay in communication. Stay connecting with God. Stay relating with him. The Bible says we are protected in the same way that the ark protected Noah and his family against the raging storm. But it's when we move away from those things that we're subject. And see, many of us in this room think that Satan is more powerful than God. Now, you would never say that. But then when you do something dumb, you want to blame the devil. Well, you know, it's the devil. You know, the the devil made me do it. Flip Wilson back in the day. The devil made me do it. You know, we we want to do that. What you're what you're resigning to is that Satan just came and overpowered your spirit. And I'm just telling you right now, the Holy Spirit lives in us. That ain't happening, Jack. You got to open up that door to the dark side. So Satan will held a position, a covering cherub, a worshiper, if you if you uh, if you would. He led the praises in that sense. But the Bible says that sin entered into his heart. 
And this is where we're going to jump off into in the next couple of weeks here. What was it that uh, birthed sin in the heart of Lucifer was he got, I always say this, he got an eye disease. Okay. And we say, well, what does that mean? He couldn't see. No. If you look back at Isaiah 14, 13, put that back on the screen. Isaiah 14, 13 says this, for you've said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will ascend. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. Verse 14, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I see. Are you getting the picture? He got an eye disease. All of a sudden, instead of being about God, instead of being about the Trinity, it began to be about him. Now, why does this hit so close to home is because we all have to face this. Okay, the first element in walking in the dark side is selfishness. And I want you to write this down. We need to be careful of selfishness. Selfishness will always pull you away from God and pull you into the dark side. Okay, always. We are not created in the kingdom to be selfish. Now, in the world, we come out of the womb selfish. Amen. You have a baby. They're selfish. The most selfish place in the in the church is the nursery. Look at the mom. Norman's like, I'll be talking about my baby. But think about it. It's cute. It's true, though, because those babies don't care about them other babies. I'm hungry. Ah, ah, don't tell me to be quiet feed me amen come on moms you know that they don't care about your sleep at night they're not sitting there oh I'm hungry but I don't want to wake up my mom no they'll turn it up and then dad will try to come in oh come here Mio. no I don't want you I want mom see babies are set where we come out of the womb selfish okay they don't share They don't share. If you work nursery, I hope you don't think they're going to just get along in there. (laughs) They don't. That's my toy. That's my toy. Mine. My son's first words were mine. (laughs) You know, he he jumped words. He went to phrases. His first phrase was, no, that's mine. (laughs) And he said it to me, by the way. Uh, Yeah. So that's where everything started. No, but that's where we are as people. We, it's how we're born. It's nothing wrong with that. That's how they are. So when a baby sees a toy, give me that toy. You take it from him, he'll cry. And then you try to teach him to share. He don't know what that means yet. Share. No, I want that. And if I have to hit you with this Lego box, I'm going to hit you with that Lego box. <laughs> they don't care who's kidding it. They, you know, it just, it's just the way it is. Can I get an amen on that? But when we come into the kingdom, God introduces a whole nother concept that Christians in 2014 still do not understand. And that is a corporate context. And that is this. When we get saved, Jesus takes us from being selfish and he puts us in a living organism called the church, which means you are no longer on your own. You're a part of a body of Christ. So these people that are out there saying, well, I'm saved. I just don't go to church. You need to think again because you're going to get your lunch eaten by by the dark side when you try to live this life apart from how God set it up to be lived. 
And I've said this before, the, the new creation concept of the kingdom, it's no longer me and I, it's us. Yes. How did Jesus uh, teach us to pray? Remember when the disciples said, Jesus, teach us to pray. Come on, you, you learned this in the Catholic school, in the Catholic church. We all learned it. It's our father that art in heaven. Do you realize he teaches us from the get go? It's not my father that art in heaven. It's our father. What is Jesus trying to get you to see? Come on. It's not about you. It's about us. It's about us. Now, this is a problem for selfish people because we want the world to revolve around us. Come on. Old Mac Daddy's used to say, baby, it's your world. Come on. Man, you, you know, you used to say that. Come on, baby. It's your world. Where you want to go? It's your world. And the girls be like, oh, yeah, oh, well, I don't care. <laughs> My wife used to hate when I said that to her. Baby, it's your world. She'd be like, no, it ain't. Quit, quit lying. She never bought it. She never bought it. But some of you bought it. That's why you stayed with that fool. <laughs> you know, so selfish people, we think the world revolves around us. And in the 80s, with a lot of the prosperity teaching and a lot of the faith movement teaching, uh, all of a sudden what began to come into the church is the selfish thing of a bless me club. It's about me. It's about getting my blessing. It's about God prospering me and getting mine, mine, mine. And what we don't aren't careful of, we, do we come into church like that. It just begins to be about you. And then, you know, you, the Bible is very clear. You cannot serve two masters. You will love, Jesus said, you'll love one and hate the other. Let me say it again. He said, you'll love one and hate the, the other. And in the context, he's talking about you can't love, serve God and money. OK, but it, it goes any way you put it. You cannot serve two masters. If one of your masters is yourself, you can't serve yourself and God because you will love one and hate the other. That word hate there means to begin to disdain. To that, that word hate there in, in the Greek context means to no longer be willing towards. OK, so what does that mean? We find a lot of Christians who are trying to serve themselves and God, but they're no longer willing towards Jesus. Well, I'm not going to tithe. Well, I'm not going to serve. I go to church. I pray on my own, but I ain't going to do that. So we begin to be unwilling towards one. You got to understand, people, the key to the, the thing that pulls you over to the dark side quicker than anything is not an outside force. OK, it is what's in your heart. It is you. Selfishness. Most of our sins, most of the problems we get into in life are because we are being selfish. Selfishness will destroy a marriage. Selfishness will destroy a relation between a father and a son or a daughter and a son or a mother and children. Selfishness will destroy relationships on your job. Selfishness will destroy relationships, period, because you cannot be in a proper relationship and be thinking only and primarily of yourself. We have to learn to be selfless. And I'll say this. Being selfless cannot really even be accomplished without the power of the Holy Spirit. It's so hard. It is so hard. Amen. Amen. 
It's hard. It's hard for all of us. It's hard for me. It's hard for you. But with the power of God, we can overcome. Why do we need to overcome? Because selfishness is what births the dark side in our lives. So the minute you start living for you, you don't need a witch outside to cast a hex on you. You don't need to be worrying about the curses that are coming from the witch doctors and the, and the satanic people. Listen, you need to worry about what's bouncing around in your head. Because it's not outside curses. Jesus said it's not which comes from without that defiles. It's what comes from within what's in your heart. And you can't serve. You can't be selfish in the kingdom. So Jesus creates the body of Christ, the church. And he puts us together and he tells us in Hebrews, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves as some have. He says it's important that you get around the brethren. But I don't like church. I don't like church folk. I don't like. See, what are you doing? I, 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 I. I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't like the music. I don't like this person. People that talk like that don't like anything. Have you ever met somebody that don't like anything? I met a lot of folks. They don't like nothing. Nothing. How is that movie? It's all right. It's the best movie I've ever seen. It's all right. How's that? How's that food? It's okay. I like my mom's better. And you're sitting there going, I had your mom's food and it ain't all that. But see, people just don't like ever, anything sometimes. We've got to be careful. Let me show you some things here in uh, Proverbs 18.1. Amen. Proverbs 18.1. Look on the screen. It says an unfriendly person. This is in the NIV. Pursues selfish ends and uh, and against all sound judgment starts quarrels. Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. Selfish people just want to tell, tell you how it is. Selfish people just want to come in and, well, I'm always going to keep it real. Why are they always keeping it real about your stuff? Why not keep it real about their stuff? I just need to tell you something. Let me just keep it real. You're this. Why don't they look in the mirror and keep it real? You're mean. You're bitter. You're hurt. But we don't do that. Proverbs says this. Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but erring, just putting it out there, their own delights. That's selfish. An unfriendly person pursues selfish ends. What this speaks to me about is people that separate from the body. They resist coming into a body. The Bible says that you ain't shy. Ouch. You're, you're not shy. You're selfish. You don't want to get to know nobody. You don't want to let nobody in. So you're the last one here, the first one to leave. You just, you know, keep. I know I'm trying to help somebody, though. I'm not trying to hit you with nothing. I'm just trying to help you this because you've got to deal with selfishness in your heart because when you don't, the dark side is very close. OK, so we've got to be people. It says here, selfish, selfish, uh, unfriendly person pursues selfish ends and against all sound judgments, they argue. You ever meet somebody like this? Argue about everything. The boss puts out a new uh, set of rules. They, they, they got to they gotta tell you why they hate it. There's a new rule in the break room. Don't eat other people's food. <laughs> That's a good rule. Amen. But somebody got to come in. Oh, heck no. Nah. <laughs> what is what are we kids? Are we kindergartners? Why they got to put that? Oh, no. Uh-uh. Come on. You know it's true. 
you, you're thinking of somebody right now that does those exact <laughs> motions. Rage against all sound things. Like I got people that don't know anything trying to tell me how to run a church. You got bosses out there that, that, that you got the employees working for eight bucks an hour trying to tell the, the owner of the thing how he should be running it. Yo, 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 check this out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got some ideas. You ain't got nothing because you don't understand the full picture. So we've got to be very careful because selfishness, here it is, selfishness causes you to rage against sound judgment because all you can see is self. And anything that doesn't benefit self, you rage against. Well, I don't like that. Why do they do it like that? And this is why you'll never excel in life. Because everywhere you go, I'm going to help somebody here. Everywhere you go, every body that you're in, church, work, community, anything, you're going to have to bite your lip and do something for the greater good. Amen. You're going to go to your cousin's house, your tia's house on Thanksgiving. And you know how it is. You got 25 people there. You have to bite your lip sometime, especially if they're not your family. You know, I'm talking about the in-laws. You know, you're going to your wife's family for Thanksgiving, you know, and you got to go there and you got to hear their mess. And they like to poke at you. They like to picar right there. They, they know where your spot is. And they like to. <laughs> and you just got to go. Praise God. Hallelujah. Happy Thanksgiving. They're trying to get you into something, you know. Come on. Am I the only one that's ever experienced something like that? You know, you know, you know. And they come in and there's always that one Thea that don't like you and wished you never married your wife. And she's going to come in and be like, so what you doing now? What kind of job you work. And you're, you're just going to have to bite your lip. Am I being too real in here? You're going to have to close it, shut it and just be cool. But you're going to have to do that also in your family, in your job, because your job does not exist to make you comfortable. This is a revelation. I'm going to help somebody because you you're thinking about leaving a job because you're not happy. But let me tell you something. Jobs are not put there for you to be happy. Jobs are put there for you to make money. Weekends are there for you to be happy. <laughs> Can I get an amen? amen? Not that kind of happy. Somebody was already out the door there. Ooh, I'm going to get happy this weekend. <laughs> Not that kind of happy. I saw you. I saw you. You know, I, I, but we got we to gotta put things in perspective. Work is work. And just because it stops making you happy, don't quit your job. Have a great weekend. Have a great five to nine o'clock that night. Go do some, have some, enjoy your family. But when you're at work, see, selfish people, we can't see this. When things aren't making us happy, we complain. We leave jobs like they're just going out of style. We leave jobs like we're changing clothes. I don't like that. I don't like this job. I'm going to get another job. But then my boss, I don't like my boss. Listen, there's always going to be something not to like. Always going to be something not to like in every situation. Amen. Amen. Ain't bigger stuff you don't like in your family, right? Amen. Just look straight ahead. I, I know you're probably sitting next to the thing you might not like, <laughs> brother, sister. You know, 
I told you it's a jet lag. Lord, help me. I, I don't know what I'm saying. I'm going to get somebody in trouble here. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. I like what Proverbs 18.1 says in the Message Bible. It says it like this. Loners who care only for themselves spit on the common good. You better catch this. Fools care nothing for thoughtful discourse. All they do is run off at the mouth. Okay. This applies to the body of Christ. Because we all have to do something that we might not like for the common good. We might have to get out of bed and serve as an usher. We might have to work the nursery. We might have to do something. It's not because it's the funnest thing on the planet. It's because it's for the common good. I see my worship team get here at eight o'clock. They get up earlier than that to get here. Uh, They go out on a Wednesday. They serve. Yes, they love it, but it's for a common good. It's for a common good. Mature people understand that I got to do some things that really aren't a benefit to me right off, but it's for the common good. Can I get an amen? And it's important that we see that it's the selfish that will spit on the common good. I don't care. I ain't doing nothing. He asked me to serve. I ain't serving. I ain't going to do that. He must be crazy. See, what is that? Selfishness. And we've got to put selfishness to bed. Amen? Amen. We've got to put Why is it so important that we deal with it? Because it's where darkness lies. It's this attitude that gave birth to Satan. When he began to put himself before the common good of heaven, he was not satisfied with the position that he held. He wanted more. He wanted to make it about himself. So I want you to jot these things down if you're taking notes here. Selfish people only care about themselves. It's, it's, it says it all right there. It's just about them. Give me. How does it feel to me? All these things. Selfish people only care about themselves. Number two, selfish people rage against sound judgment. You ever talk to someone, it's like, dude, can't you see you're, you're wrong? You're so wrong. Can't you see it? No, no, but it, you ain't even like that. No, my boss shouldn't have did that. This shouldn't happen. Let me tell you something. That's selfishness. They rage against sound judgment. So here's what you do if you're a boss, if you're a supervisor, if you're someone like that, you don't engage that. Because it ain't going to get nowhere. Probably start fist fighting in the office because that person's never going to see things that way. You deal with that thing in prayer. Okay. Number three, selfish people find no pleasure in facts. They only care about how they see things. All they care about is how they see things. That's why it's so hard to communicate with somebody that's full of self. Because you could sit there and tell them, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. And in their mind, they don't hear that because all they hear is what they saw and what it seemed like to them. And this is what makes it hard for people to have good conflict management skills. Okay, I want I want I want you to catch this today. Many of us were not raised with good conflict management skills. We've got to learn how to handle conflict in life. Okay, we've got to learn how to dialogue, how to communicate. Most families, they don't like to communicate. They push things under the rug. There are so many things in many families, especially Hispanic families sometimes, where we don't talk about that. We don't address that. We leave that alone. But let me tell you something. You can't go through life leaving stuff alone. You got to talk about it. You got to talk about it. You've got to learn how to resolve quarrels. 
If you've got a problem with somebody, you should be able to sit across a table from them without throwing a punch. You should be. I know some of us can't because that anger, that, 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 huh, but you don't, you can't say, you should be able to sit in a conversation with your spouse and the neighbors not hear it. That's how normal people live. Some of y'all didn't know that because maybe that's not how it is in your hood. But normal people live like they should be able to sit across and have a conversation. OK, but what but see what takes place? What takes place that keeps that self and self wants to air its opinion. It wants to put it out there. Oh, I want you to catch this today. OK, let's keep going here. So they don't care about the facts, only how they see things. Next one. Selfish people find no pleasure in serving a common good. And this is something, church, we have to catch as Christians. We have to catch this as believers. You have to understand that it's important that we uh, find pleasure in serving a common good. The days of being a spectator Christian are over. The days where you just went to church, sat in a chair, heard a message, threw an offering in the, in the bucket, those days are over. What the Lord is requiring of us is to be the body of Christ, which means this. Remember, Jesus said, you will know they are Christians by their love. But what did he say? He took it further. By their love for one another. One another. One another. See, the connotation there is that you're not by yourself. You're with a group of people. And will, Christians will be marked by their ability to love each other. Elevate Life Church should be marked by the way we love and treat each other. Now, this begins to be difficult whenever you get any people group together because we have a hard time agreeing. We do things that offend each other. We do things that we don't like. But this is conflict management skills come in and you talk about them. You work it out. You sit across the table with an attitude of we're going to work this out because I love you because I value you. I will work this out. We, we, we will come to some sort of resolve because of love. See, we need this. If we have this marriages don't fall apart. If we have this kids don't lose their dad or their relationship with their mom. Because they can sit across. You know how many teenagers don't feel like they could talk to mom? Do you know how many teenagers don't feel like they could talk to dad? Because the moment they come to you, dad, you're just like, well, that's the way it is. That's what you, you, those days are gone. You're going to have to give some explanation to your son. Those days of where you don't question me, boy. Listen, they're gone because you know what? Your son will go, OK, I ain't questioning you. And he will go join a gang. And he will go smoke out. And then you'll be like, well, he's just he's hard headed. No, dad, you wouldn't communicate. You wouldn't resolve conflict in a adult manner with a teenager. See, so we have to we have to learn these or we lose our kids, mom and dad. Tired of losing teenagers in the church. And I, I deal with enough teenagers that half of them feel like they can't talk to mom. They can't talk to dad. Now, some of that is in their head. So teenagers, I'm, you know, oh, don't be like, amen, pastor, tell her, tell her. No, some of that's in your head because your mom's a good mom. If you sat across, she'd listen. Well, yeah, but uh, see, you got it takes courage, takes courage. Let me keep going here. It takes courage. So so we have to be people that 
are, are interested in doing a common good. Okay, so what am I saying with this as I go on to the next point and let you out of here? We must train ourselves to serve others. Guys, it's not a natural thing. I know you thought you were a nice person before you got saved, but you really weren't. You were heck of selfish. So was I. That's all we knew. That's all we knew. If you got married when you were uh, not saved, you probably entered into that, into that relationship heck of selfish. And you probably picked your spouse just thinking about what you was getting out of the deal. Heck of selfish. He said, I'm going to marry this guy. He's going to take care of me. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. And then you find out he's human. He ain't always on 10. He gets off of work. He's about a three. And, and, and if you have a selfish mindset, you don't know how to deal with that. So you, you prod. Hey, what's the matter? You're being mean. Blah, blah, blah. You do all these things. I heard a great thing by a, a pastor by the name of A.R. Bernard. Uh, he said, you know, people always ask me. Uh, he said, one day my wife asked me, she said, honey, why do you love me? She was expecting this, you know, him to come back at her and say, well, I love you because of this. I love you because of that. I love you. And he said, he looked at her. He goes, I'm gonna blow her mind. He said, I looked at her. He said, for no reason. And he says, she got so mad. What? <laughs> no reason. How could you say that? You love me for no reason. He said, babe, 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 slow down. He said, let me explain. I love you for no reason. He said, because the moment you put reasons on our love, I create conditions. And if there are conditions, if you don't meet my conditions, I remove my love from the relationship. That's what some people do. I love my husband as long as he's being good to me. Well, what happens when he's unable to be good to you because he's working too dang hard? He just needs to get some sleep. Well, I ain't loving him then. Amen? Got real quiet up in this Presbyterian church. Y'all changed denominations on me all of a sudden. <laughs> Is this real or not? I mean, I've done it. I've been like that with my wife. You know, like she, she ain't on. You know, we got to be real careful with the conditions we put on our spouses. I like that. Hey, I love you for no reason. That means if you don't do everything right, I still resign to love you. I'm going to treat you good when you're tired. I'm going to treat you good when you're grumpy. I'm going to treat you good when it's that time of the month. Come on, somebody. I'm going to teach you good when the money's not coming in. I got laughs from all the dudes, but the women were like, I ain't laughing at that one, Pastor. That's real. That's real. Conditions. Conditions create problems in a relationship because most of our conditions are selfish. Okay? So let me leave you with this. The cure to a life of selfishness is set up by Jesus. And it's really, really basic here. The cure to a life of selfishness is serving, submitting and sacrificing. Serving, submitting and sacrificing. And these are all New Testament principles that God has installed into the kingdom to keep us all from the dark side. Okay. These are also three things that we fight against very, very much. All of us do. We have to retrain ourselves from a mindset we were born with to be about ourselves to now be about serving. Okay, to now be about submitting and sacrificing. 
You know, this trip I was on was very difficult for me these last these last two weeks. First, I'd never like to be away from my family and my wife for that long. I don't I really don't like to be away from you guys, man. I miss you guys. I love this church. I love your faces. I love your spirit. I love what we're doing. You guys are family. But beyond that, it's very difficult to get on a plane and travel for 30 hours and no shower. Come on. No good food. That plain food it is not even trying to do anything for you. Uh, it, it's 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 tough. It's it's tough. I felt so bad getting into Esco's car last night. I said, bro, I'm sorry if I'm funky, if I'm all greasy. Just you know, I, I took a toothbrush. I did brush, but dude, it's just you know, I took a shower when I got home. It was like just film just coming off. And then to be in a place. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to gross you out. Dang. It was. It it, it just. <laughs> Got too real right there, <laughs> Pastor. Uh, but then being, but, but then being in another country, being in another country, everything not the same. Your days are my nights. You know, I'm there. I'm eating foreign food. I'm around people that I have to be on. You know, much of the trip is spent FaceTime with pastors. I don't get to be off. I don't get to be a jerk. I can't. He's sitting across from me like you're the first pastor I've been around in two years. Pour into me, you know, speak to me what you got for me. And I'm tired. I just preached two hours in your non air conditioned church. Ninety six degrees at night. Preaching the word for two hours and then praying over everybody. And now you want to talk. I got I got to do it. How do you get to that place? You have to learn. It's not about you. You guys that have gone to Jamaica and different trips, we go to Mexico. We have a number one rule on all trips, and that is no complaining. That's really not number one, it's number two, but we won't get into what number one is. Okay? You'll find out if you go on a trip. Number two rule is it's not about you. It's not about you. Okay? It's not about you. But we have to learn this. We have to learn to serve. We have to learn to submit. Because nobody likes anybody telling them what to do. Nobody. That's why we have problems in our marriage. We don't want to listen to our spouse. But you know what? Ladies, the Bible says, submit to your husbands. It says that. Fellas, Ephesians says, submit to your wives. It says that. Kids, honor your mother and father. For then you will live a long life. Submission is all throughout the New Testament. Submit to your leaders that watch over you. Well, I ain't let no pastor tell me nothing. You stay wrapped in selfishness, the dark side is not far. And you can blame anybody you want to. The real enemy is you. Serving, submission, and sacrifice. Sac these, th these three things keep you so close to Jesus let me tell you, you start implementing these on your job, your attitude will change about where you work. You start implementing this in your marriage, come on, the love is coming back. You won't need to be singing, after the love is gone, that you won't even know about that song. <laughs> what used to be right is wrong. No, no, it's not going to be like that for you. 
Amen? Don't get me going. This, I got jet lag. I don't know what's going to come out of me. <laughs> I, I listen to that song. I don't know nothing about that song because the love is not left. Amen? Because I serve my wife. I submit to my wife. Oh, here's a good one. I sacrifice for my wife. I serve my husband. I submit to my husband. I sacrifice for my husband. Implement this into any of your relationships, your church, your department, your, your job, your family, anything. Amen? Amen. And it will keep the dark side from creeping in and taking us where places we do not want to go. Stand on your feet right now. Help me up on the keys real quick. We're going to continue this in a couple weeks, but next week, listen, let's fill this place to capacity. Pastor uh, Mark Myers from Orlando, Florida is going to be back with us. Uh, he's going to be work, working with our worship team uh, a night before, the day before he comes. He's going to be doing some powerful things. He's going to come. We're just going to let him flow. We're going to let him lay hands, prophesy, just whatever he wants to do. So I want to encourage you to come expecting a word from God. If you're needing something from the Lord, come expecting. If you know anybody that needs a touch or needs a word from God, bring them to the house. We might take a little extra time that day. So eat a good breakfast. Come on, somebody. Amen. Whenever we have a guest, we want them to just flow. 